0: Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Johnson, pastor of Transform City Church right here in Richmond, Virginia. This is the You Can Transform podcast, where you can hear sermons taught by me, my beautiful wife, Pastor Quiana Johnson, and our ministerial team that will help you learn who Jesus has called you to be, heal from what's happened to you in your past, and become all that God has called you to be in your life. Because no matter what you've been through, your life is not over. There's still more ahead of you. So tune in every time that one of these posts to hear sermons that will change you, transform you, help you to catapult you into the destiny that Jesus has for you. We love you. Tune into this episode. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy Sunday. Come on in. Come on in the room. Get your family together, gather them all up. Hallelujah. For this is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Today is Sunday, March 21st. And God is still a good God because we made it to this day. So worthy, God. And we just praise you. We just honor you. We just worship you. We worship you for who you are, oh God. For you are magnificent, you are holy, you are excellent in all your ways, oh God. And there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. There is no other God that can stand before you and live. So we lay our idols at your feet, oh God. Those things that we give more adoration to God. We just lay it at your feet on today, oh God. Because we are here, oh God, to have a new experience, to have new directions, to have new insight, oh God, about our life. So we just worship you. We give you our hearts right now that you may touch it. We give you even the stony places that you may transact it and, trans, and, and exchange it, oh God, with the heart of flesh that we may be able to respond to you, that we may be able to know you like never before. We're just... Want to know you just in a space where I just want to know you. I've conquered, oh God. I feel like I've studied many things, oh God, concerning elements of life, but I just want to know you as my Father. I just want to know you just in a space where I just want to be in your presence. I just want to hide under the shadow of your wings. Just want to know you. We just praise you on today for your name is great and great in the earth. You are the supreme being of the universe. There's no other God besides you. You are excellent. You are holy. Your administration is holy. Your government is holy. Your kingdom is holy. You are holy, oh God. Set apart, oh God. Different from anything we've ever seen, oh God. We are spirit beings having an earthly existence, but we get to experience you every day of our lives. Oh God, you are holy. You could have allowed us to drown in our misery and drown in the pit. Oh God, you could have allowed us to be sifted like wheat in the hands of the enemy, but you have delivered us, you have set us free. And God, we just praise you. We just honor you. We give you this space to just lift our hands and to just give you our hearts. Our hearts explode with praise right now. And we just worship you on today, oh God. We give you this moment, even in our living rooms or in our kitchens or in our bedrooms, wherever we are gathered together, God, you are in the midst of us and we just surrender our lives to you right now, oh God. It doesn't matter what we did yesterday. It doesn't matter what we did last week. It doesn't matter what has transpired in our life. You are always ready to receive us for your love extends strong. Your arms open wide, ready to receive us at any moment. Your love overshadows us. You are holy and you deserve all the honor. You deserve all the glory. Everything about you is magnificent. The banner over us is love. Unconditional, unrestricted, just a love that can wreck our very lives. We just honor you. We just worship you and we just breathe in your presence to have a new refreshing place, a new refreshing day, a revival in our spirit, man, a revival in our soul, a revival in our life. You would change the trajectory of the way we think and the way we move because it is in you that we live, that we move and that we have our being. It's all because of you. We exist because of you. You are the most important thing. You are the most important person. So we cease our activities to worship you, to hear from you, to know you, and to really tap in, to really dive deep into the oceans, God. Because when you dive deep, oh God, we get to explore, oh God, the treasures that are underneath the surface. Even with all the great wonders of the world, you are the greatest wonder that we've ever seen, ever experienced. We just worship you. We just honor you for you are holy. And we thank you, oh God, for this amazing space to be able to see you, to know you, to sense you, and to hear from you. We come to the throne of grace to sit at your feet, to receive a word from you. And although I am your messenger, oh God, I decrease that you may increase for this stage has been set so that you may be the main player on this main stage, doing your main production and whatever you wanna do in the people's lives, oh God, you may do it on today. We are open to receive from God you on today. Nothing else matters. Only you today. Only you right now. Only you in this space, God. We invite you into our houses. The presence of your spirit may it dwell in our houses where we sit. May your presence overwhelm the people, oh God. May they know that you are forever present. May they know that you are present, oh God, to heal and deliver and set free and to bring them out of bondage, oh God, to give them clarity on things in their life that ails them, to draw them out of the mental illness, to draw them out, oh God, of the depression and the anxieties and the things that cause us that panic attacks, oh God, to draw us out of, God, poverty, mentality, and perversion, oh God, to draw us out, oh God, of sickness, disease, oh God, and things that have plagued our minds, oh God, anything that is out of order, oh oh God, you draw us into your order, oh Lord. Give us wisdom on today, insight. Let your spirit, oh God of wisdom, reign in this session. We invite the wonderful counselor, mighty God, in this session because you are the most important thing. There is nothing that we could ever say, oh God, that will be as worthy or as life-changing as your word. It's all about you on today. Nothing is more important. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on the earth on this day in this session, oh God. And I speak frustration and annihilation to the assignments of the enemy that would try to disrupt this session, the stream and even the hearts of the people that would not be able to receive the word of oh God. We thank you for it, God. We annihilate the whispers and the suggestions of the enemy that would try to make your people think that they are not enough and that they're not worthy or that they are mistaken, that they don't know who they are. The devil is a liar. When we honor you on today, God, for you are truth and your word is everlasting. And may we be people who surrender and love on you on today who surrendered to your word and your word only, who recognize that your word works, that is the blueprint, it's the mandate for living life, that we will not look to the world or anything else, oh God, but that we will just hone in and be laser focused on finding out what you got to say about the matter. That we won't look to people, that we won't ask nobody but you first, God. That we will know you like never before. That we would not be comfortable in our patterns, that we would not be comfortable in our wildernesses, but that we will want to taste and see that the Lord is good to see our Canaan lands. God, you said if we be willing and obedient and Isaiah 119, you said if we be willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. You are a good God. You've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've given us power. You've given us keys to the kingdom of God and whatever we bind on earth has already been bound in heaven, oh God. We have declared it lawful. And whatever we loose on earth, oh God, or declare it to be lawful, oh God, we, it's happening because you've given us the keys. You said we can decree a thing and it shall be established unto us. You said when we meditate on your word, we shall have good success. Do we believe in you today, God? Or will we be comfortable with our misery? Will we continue to defend our brokenness? Or will we fully surrender to you on today and let this day be marked as a day that our lives change forevermore? Because the promises of God are yes and amen. It's not a no, it's when. And we will have access when we surrender the process. Your word is true and it never fails. Everything about you is standard. And let not the enemy think that he could change the minds of even the people in the body of Christ to begin to lower standards and that it represents God. No, your standard is true. And every man will be a liar in the last day, God, because your word will stand. Your kingdom stands forever. And we thank you, Lord, because the word that you're going to speak on today will show us that there is a pattern to this that there is a design to this. It's all by design. We just honor you on today, oh God. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. El Shaddai, the Lord who supplies, nourishes, and satisfies. You are Yahweh. You are Yeshua. You are El-Rohi. You are Mekadesh. You are the repairer of the breach. You are the revealer of secrets. You are Jehovah Jireh. And whatever form we need you in, and whatever form we magnify you in, whatever we believe you in, oh God, you show up in our life. So we call on your name. You are the I am that I am. Meaning you are all that we will ever need. And you are enough in our life, God. We, des- we decree that out of our own mouths, those who believe. You are enough for me, God. Your word is enough for me, God. We thank you and we honor you on today. We praise your holy name. And may may this prayer be sealed in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hello, saints of the most high God. We've given God honor. We've given God glory. Welcome to the Transform City Experience. My name is Pastor Queen. My husband is behind the scenes. And I just honor you, Bradley Cornelius Johnson. You are beloved. (laughs) I love you very, very much. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for being there for me. You are also a counselor. You are also my lover. You are also my best friend. I honor you, honey. You are my honey bunches of oats. And I love you with the everlasting love. We are two peas in a pod and we are together forever. I just thank you. I want to honor my son because that little prophet is a person that is just growing up. He's only six, but he is, he is just an amazing little boy. And right now he has, he's having his own church by watching Bible stories, but I honor my, my baby boy, my miracle. And I honor the leadership and all the clergy and all the just variety of leaders that is in this space. And I thank you. And I honor you for being in this space. You deserve honor as well as the saints. Don't feel like saints that you got to have a title to deserve honor. You are just as important in your respective places. And I honor you on today. If don't if ain't nobody else have honored you, I honor you. And I'm so glad that you are here. I'm so glad that God created you. I am so glad that you are in this space. I am so glad that you are alive because we have need of you. You are a unique puzzle piece to the grand picture of God. You are necessary, you are worthy to be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Today we're talking about it's all by design. Somebody put in the chat. First of all, if you are ready and your heart is open to receive this word, say, I am ready. And then say it's all by design. It's all by design. And I believe that God's goal for today is for you to plainly see that this life, your existence is all by design. You are not a mistake. Your parents didn't make a mistake. They thought it was a mistake. But honey, there's a bigger picture. God said, since they in the act, we're gonna just let this soul get here. You might, you might have thought that you didn't come at the right time because your parents may have voiced that, but this is the right time. This is the right dispensation. You are necessary for the whole plan. And don't you ever let anybody, no devil or anything on two legs, tell you contrary. You are necessary. It is all by design. We are going to dig through some stories in the Bible so that you can see the hand of God and the pattern of God. So get your Bibles ready, get the book off the shelf, get the Bible off the shelf, dust that thing off or your Bible app or however you are looking at the word, but you're gonna need it today, okay? Cause I need you to walk with me through this story. And so we're gonna define design cause if you don't know me by now, I love a definition. So we're gonna define design. It is a plan or drawing produced to show the look and function or working of a building or a garment or an object before it is built. Before it is built, it it says it's also an arrangement of lines or shapes created to form a pattern or decoration. A design is a plan or specification for the construction of an object or system or for the implementation of an activity or a process or the result of that plan or specification in the form of a prototype, a product or a process. I'm going to take my time because I know I talk fast, I get hype, I get ready. I'm ready, right? I have some biblical bombshells on today. If you ready for some biblical bombshells, put some bomb emojis in the chat because God's word is a mock-up, a working sample or the working view of what it is to be on how to live life. He wrote the books because we failed miserably at staying in sync with him at the fall of man. So he wrote it down for us. He had to give us a written reference since we no longer was continuously connected to his voice. Continuously is the key word. Because before the fall of man, we were continuously connected to him. After the fall of man, God knew that he had to write this out because we're going to now forget. Because we're going to be distracted by all the evil why would we want to eat from the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil when we already knew good, (laughs) we added evil to our reality. That's why he said, don't touch it. You had everything you ever need. Somebody told you it wasn't enough. When you had everything you will ever need for life. Let's define the word default because I have a quote that I say, Constantly, right? And the word default means failure to fulfill an obligation. Failure to fulfill an obligation. It's also a preselected option that is adopted by a computer program or other mechanism. Listen to this. When no alternative is specified by the user or programmer. It means to revert automatically back to a preselected option. That's what the word default means. Now let's define the word pattern. Pattern is a repeated decorative design or a set of instructions to be followed in making or an example for others to follow. Pattern. If you are not living your life by design, what did we say design was? a plan or specification for the construction of life, right? If you are not living your life by design, then you are living your life by default. Default, reverting automatically back to another option, to a pre-selected option. The Bible says in Ephesians that we all were once children of wrath because we were disobedient. That was our pre-selected option. (laughs) It was like by nature, we simply would want to touch what is evil now, what is not good for us. But if you're not living your life by design, then you are living your life by default. And to live your life by design, you have to be intentional and you have to put action behind it. It is not going to completely form in your life if you're not being ambitious about it. Out of all the things that we need to be seeking after and going after, Right. We need to be trying to figure out who we are, why we are and what do we have. That is purpose, that is calling and that is assignment. God created you for a purpose. I preach this everywhere I go. God, God has created you for a purpose. Right. But you look at purpose as if it is activities to do. You, When you look at the original intent for God creating you, it's to be in relationship with you and nothing else. You're trying to add to your purpose, but your purpose is to be. To simply be. And if you don't sit in the seat of that, you will try to do before you be. And you will be frustrated because you're not dealing with the be, you're dealing with the do. (laughs) <laughs> and if you don't understand who you are, you will begin to do things that's not by design. So you need to be first. Just simply in a relationship with God. And then your calling is something when God calls something, it's forever, you know? So you're not called to be an apostle. You're not called to be a prophet. You're not called to be an evangelist. You're not called to be in the marketplace. You are called to reign. We're talking about Genesis 1 and 2. You are called to reign and the product or the fruit of a reign is multiplication and fruitfulness. You will know if you are successfully reigning in your life when you see fruitfulness and multiplication. So he called you to be a king or a queen. That's why Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why the Bible says that you are a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. Matter of fact, the Bible also says, which we are gonna read today, is that you are a special possession. You are a special people, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. But you were always that. God is reminding you of who you are throughout the entire Bible, right? You are called to reign. You are purpose to be. <laughs> he wanted you to exist, to be in a relationship with him. Before the fall of man, there was no need for us to be having a ministry of reconciliation or ministering the gospel. So God's original intent wasn't for you to do anything but to be in a relationship with him. But you're now called, and, but you were called to also reign. This is all eternal stuff. When you leave here, your apostleship, your pastorship, your business don't go with you, but your reign does. Your relationship with God does. It transcends this life. See, we're focused on this life, but God transcends everything he's doing. It transcends this life. And then the word assignment. That is the question you probably need to ask God. What is my assignment in the earth? Because I recognize that now we have the fall of man. And from that point on, this alternative reality has began and God has lost people along the way. And now he has ordered you off the menu of his mind, knowing that at this stage in time, these people were gonna be in bondage. And so now I created, let me see some names. I created Natasha, I created Christy, I created Christelle, I created Sherelle, I created Valeria for this dispensation of time because there is a problem That is going to arise. There is going to be people who are in bondage and all of them is a specific person that is necessary for specific people. So when you try to do before you be, you won't even know what you are equipped with. You won't even know what you're called to do. You won't even know what your purpose for. And you'll begin to live life by default instead of by design. Somebody say it's all by design. It's all by design. And then somebody say, "I am a custom order. With custom orders, y'all gonna hear that to the day you die if you connected to me. I'm a cut because this is this is my assignment. And every message I will ever preach, it will always be about purpose. It will always be about calling and assignment. My whole makeup. When I read the Bible, that's all I see in every scripture." I don't know if my son Devon is on here. When he reads the Bible, there is a lot of wealth. He's he's called to the realm of like money and wealth and investments and stuff like that. So when he reads the Bible, I'm sure that when he when he reads it, the stuff that he pulls out, we could be reading the same skip, the same scripture. I will see purpose, calling, assignment, reign, kingdom. He will see investment. There's wealth there. There's money there. There's God is doing something. He's trying to expand territory. God, I'm telling you, each and every one of you have a specific nature and makeup. It's all by design. And if you don't study the scriptures, you won't be able to tell me what God has given you out of the same scripture. So you think that this scripture is only talking about one thing, but the deeper you get in God, the deeper the treasures and the revelation is about the same scripture. God's word ain't one way. The author has an intention and he's using different people to bring about his greater intention. So this is why I say that you are necessary. All of you have a purpose, a possession, a platform. You have a message, you have a people. All of this is you. And if you devalue yourself, you're devaluing the whole moment and you won't walk into the assignment you need to be. You won't walk into the rain. You won't stand in the position and the posture of your reign. An insecure king will make decisions that are not of God. He will make decisions based on his comfortability because of the insecurity. He won't make it because it's the right thing thing to do. The right and moral and holy thing to do. That's why God is after you to confront your brokenness because he's tired of you defending it. And he's tired of it running your life and stopping you from actually reaching and Have you aborting the mission? And then you go to your grave full of gifts, full of the word, but it has never actually been poured out. So you're just a full vessel walking around, but you've never been poured out. <clears throat> I'm going to let you sit right there on that. You are important. Somebody say I am important. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am important. I feel passion on today, passion. But I also feel compassion. Because I know some of you are lost in the sauce, stuck in life, going around the same thing, trying to figure it out. Oh, my God. Do you know? So first of all, this ain't in none of my notes. I ain't in. Oh, my God. I am on a weight loss journey. Right. I finally broke into the next. (laughs) You know how, you know, if you if you weigh 240. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, I just want to get out of the 240s and get into the 230s. I am finally breaking into my next um, goal level. Cause I'm going by tens. I don't need no big chunk and trying to lose this much weight. I just need to lose 10 pounds by this date. That's my goal setting. Right? I finally broke into it. Cause I've been doing this pretty much seriously since March 10th. I'm using my, 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 my deceased son's date as the date that I'm making my change. Right? I am finally out of that moment. Do you know what God told me last week? He said, the more that you say no is the more that you say no, The more power you get, the more that you say no, the more power you get and the more territory that you take back. What is God saying? When you say no, you are now walking into a discipline, right, that grants you more power because access requires process. As you're going through the process, you will now get access to different things and areas in life now because you are disciplined. That's all process is, to have a disciplined mind in an area of your life. God said every time you say no, you gain power. So any areas in your life where by default you just do it because it, you keep retracting back to your pre-selected option. <laughs> Until you deal with the program that is going on on the inside of you, you won't be able to live by design. You will always resort back to default. I want you to sit with that. Here is a biblical bombshell, right? You are a custom order with custom orders, but every order has a design. The reason I say custom is because nobody else has what you have and can do what you can do. I don't care if they try, I don't care if someone actually goes and builds another transformed city church down the street and trying to take our colors and the way we do things and literally mimic the very thing that we do, they will never get the same results as we. <laughs> Me and Pastor Brad, they won't get the same results because we have a specific mantle for specific people. They ain't gonna get the same people. They not gonna get the same results. You're not going to get kingdom results in life until you walk in your complete design. Every order has a design. Every world has a design. Everything that was created has a design. God conceptualized you ordered you off the menu of his mind to not only just have another child to add to his family, but based on the circumstances that he foreseen happening in a certain dispensation of time, he strategically placed you in this time capsule to be born and not to come to earth empty, but to come equipped to be completely successful in every area of life. And here are some things. I said, let me write out some things that we have that I think we forget. The first one is salvation. <laughs> Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So if you believe, in Jesus Christ's son, you get salvation. Salvation is the, the best thing you could ever have because it's not just about heaven. God has also given you a kingdom, which is my second thing that he's given you. And according to Luke 12, if you reference 29 through 32, Luke 12, 29 through 32, you will see that it says, it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Matter of fact, go to that scripture because I want you to see something. Luke 12, 29 and 32. Luke 12, 29 and 32. If you're getting something, say, I hear you, Pastor. Luke 12, 29, and 32. The first salvation coming from Romans 1:16. The second one is this Luke 12, 29 through 32. And you do not seek. I'm reading amplified classic, most likely. And you do not seek by meditating and reasoning to inquire into what you are to eat, and what you are to drink, nor be of anxious, troubled mind, unsettled, excited, worried, and in suspense. For all the paying world is greedily seeking these things, and your father knows that you need them. Only aim at and strive for and seek his kingdom. Do You see, it says only only aim at and strive for and seek his kingdom. And all these things shall be supplied to you. What is he talking about in the grand scope of this scripture, of this passage? He's talking about provision. Provision, it'll be added to you. You won't even have to go get it, boo, right? The pagan world seeks after those things, have to acquire it, have to put in energy to get it. But you, who seek the kingdom and is at rest and is at peace. It will be added to you. Why? Because when you walk in design, it is the earth that will yield its resources to you. Do you understand that the fall of man, that one of the curses, we didn't get cursed because you can't curse what God has blessed. And God had blessed us in Genesis one. Now in Genesis three, Here we are at the fall of man, and now God is really dealing with the proclamation of what we're about to experience. And he said the ground is now cursed, meaning that anything you try to do, right, is going to become frustrated, right? That means that before you didn't have to work hard, the earth will yield itself to you because you have dominion over it. But now that you've selected another leader, right, which is the enemy and allow his suggestion to rule above minds now the earth has pretty much separated itself from you <laughs> and now your work will be frustrated but somebody say but god but jesus came right he been whipped crowned with thorns beat on your behalf gave poured his blood out for you so that we can now go back to the state of being before the fall of man. Do you know the only thing that's left for God to do is to give us a new body? That's why that's why we're still like marching towards death physically. But when we leave spiritually, our spirit and our soul is a package. It will transcend the body. The last thing that God has to give us is a new body. Cause he basically looked at this one and said, it's trash because it comes from the earth. And I curse the earth. And we were created by the dust of the earth. So I'm going to give you a new body. We're going to redo this thing. And you get to walk in this right now. Because some of you, because this is what religion teaches. Religion has your mind on heaven. When God said, listen, I'm going to renovate heaven and earth. And I'm going to create a new one. Guess what? I'm going to send you right on back. Why? Because I'm y'all going to live this thing out. Heaven is for me and my angels. Earth is for you. And my promises are yes and amen and cannot be changed. So if my promise to you was that you were going to reign and that you were going to be in this earth, then I'm going to redo it again. I fixed it and I'm going to redo it again. And guess what? I am sending you back to your rightful place. And guess what? I'm going to let you continue to live your life out because I'm going to teach you how to reign before you actually have the (laughs) reign. This thing says only aim at and strive for and seek his kingdom and all these things shall be supplied to you. Also do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, another thing he gave us is keys and wealth. Matthew sixteen nineteen is my favorite scripture. I will give you, Matthew sixteen nineteen. I will give you the keys. You can just reference it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. You wanna know why I like this? Cause it isn't really translated well, I would say in the other scriptures. This tells me that you need to go find out what is improper and unlawful or proper and lawful in heaven before you open your mouth in the earth. Cause it says, before, and whatever you bind or declare to be improper and unlawful on, earth, on the on earth must be what is already bound, meaning you figured it out, you found out. That means that as you sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, because we do have the mind of Christ, when you find out that this ain't supposed to be happening, now you come back to earth, right? And you start to have a new decree and say, that's not what it's supposed to be. Because if I rule in the earth, that means that I need to put my reign into practice. And I need to be decreeing a thing based on what heaven is doing. God created earth to be a replica of what is happening in heaven. So this is our sphere. And until you take ownership of it and start with changing you, you will always be a part of the problem instead of being the solutionist. The next thing God gave us is power and authority. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I will give you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing by any means hurt you. Matter of fact, in the Amplified, it says, behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you and the next thing he gave us is love power and a sound mind and you can reference second timothy one and seven For god did not give us a spirit of timidity so if god ain't get it but i have it that's another spirit working so for god did not give us a spirit of timidity of cowardice of craving and cringing and fawning fear but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control that's what god gave you but here's the key and here is a biblical bombshell you will only be successful in life to the measure that you know his word no word no success i'll sip to that let's go to second peter 1 it's my favorite scripture oh my god second peter 1 and verse one, you will only be as successful in life to the measure that you know his word. So if you don't like your life and with dealing, you ain't got no word. How are you going to change it? What you going to do? Sit on your seat and pity? What are we doing here? Why are you wasting life? You're too valuable. You are a special possession. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle, or special messenger of Jesus Christ, to those who have received, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse two: May God, may grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and more conflicts, be multiplied. All that God wants all that. May grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Because that's what we're dealing with. Agitating passions, moral conflicts and fear. (laughs) But he said, may this be multiplied to you in the full personal, precise and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And it says for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things. It said his power, his power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness. And in another version, because that was Amplified Classic, it says for his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you want to learn how to live this life. He's given us all things that pertain to it. If you want to learn how to be godly, he's given us all things that pertain to it. Right. But we stop at the dog on comma and make it a period. But it's a comma. And it says, but it's through the knowledge of Christ. Right. So if I'm not increasing in the knowledge of Christ, then I will not experience the all things that he has given to me. That is according to my life and my godliness. So Amplify says through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence and virtue. And it says by means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious. He has given us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay. Rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, sharers, partakers of the divine nature. I think we talked about that on Thursday in Bible study or our kingdom discussion. Partakers of the divine nature. Divine nature. I think Teacher Sherelle brought that to peace. Divine nature. We're partakers of his divine nature, but you can't do it without the knowledge of Christ, right? Go to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. I'm still pretty much an introduction, so we'll see where we go. <laughs> 2 Timothy 3. If you're getting some out of this, say, I am getting it, Pastor. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Verse 16. Familiar scripture. I'm reading Amplified Classic. Every scripture is God-breathed. I want y'all to sit with that. <sighs> God breathed it. Every scripture is God breathed, given by his inspiration. OK, so, you know, the people be talking about the Bible is written by. You don't want me to go there. Every scripture is God breathed, given by his inspiration and is profitable for instruction. Right. For reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error. For correction of error and discipline and obedience. I want to be disciplined. I want to be obedient. Then you need to get into the scripture that is God breathed. And for training and righteousness. So I have received the righteousness of God, but I still need to be trained in it. Absolutely. Right? And for training and righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in what? In thought, in purpose, and in action. I love that. Because then Romans talks about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God, right? And then this scripture says, I love connecting scriptures, that it, we would, that the, the the scriptures God brings so that we can conform to God's will in thought and purpose and in action, so that the man of God can be complete, proficient, because we're incomplete because of the fall of man. We would have stayed complete if we will not listening to the Lord snake in the grass, right? So that was really pretty much led by um, Satan himself. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did y'all see it says thoroughly equipped for every good work, right? So you may say to yourself, I don't know if I have enough education. I don't know if I have enough. Honey, you need scripture. You need scripture. When you get scripture and when you understand the voice of God, then he'll tell you, listen, now I want you for, for the world's sake, I want you to supplement Right, not be the only thing, but hey, supplement. I want you to go to college, I want you to learn this specific craft, and I want you to focus on this. But it's for the world's sake, it ain't for God's sake because scripture can do it alone. There are people who ain't even have who don't have nothing past a GED, and they are successful in life as a Christian because they have the word, not the worldly credentials. But some of you, God will call to get worldly credentials for the world's sake, but it ain't for God's sake, it ain't even for your sake. (laughs) amos three and seven amos three and seven just reference it surely the lord god will do nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets so god ain't doing nothing in the earth unless he's revealing it to a prophet god does not do anything in the earth unless he is revealing it to a prophet, God is not doing anything in the earth unless he has revealed it to a prophet. So now I want you to repeat after me. I am the manifestation of a prophetic word. Now, they might not have said your name, but they show sure enough have prayed about the assignment. God, you got to send somebody. That is going to tackle this. Mo- and here you come. I am the manifestation of a prophetic word. You were spoken into existence. And then I want you to say, I am supposed to be here. And then say, I am not a mistake. And I open my spirit now to hear the word of the Lord concerning me. That's what I need you to say almost every morning. I am the manifestation of a prophetic word. I am supposed to be here. I am not a mistake. And I open my spirit now to hear the word of the Lord concerning me. And whatever you say, God, I'm going to believe it. Now we're going to go into the bulk of a scripture. I like to I like to pause because I need you to take it in and not forget, right? Now I want you to go to 1 Samuel 9. We are going to walk a little bit through a passage of scripture with Saul. I'm going to show you what it means when I when it what it means when I say it's all by design. I am also going to reference Esther and Elijah in parallel to this because I don't have enough time to literally parallel it and read it at the same time. So as we're reading about Saul, I'm gonna reference Esther and Elijah. And the reason I'm gonna do that, it came to me last night when I was actually prepping this. First of all, I just dealt with Esther on yesterday. For those of you who actually follow Crown and & Company and is in the Crown & Company group, we had On the Couch of Pastor Queen, and I had some dynamic ladies and we basically broke down wife material. And we looked at the story of Esther. You would not even have thought that Esther had any jewels in it. I mean, it's a book that God ain't even mentioned, right? But the providence of God clearly is behind it. The design of God is clearly behind her. The design of God is in Elijah. The design of God is in Saul, but we're going to use Saul's story. So 1 Samuel 9, and there was a wealthy, and I'm reading New Living Translation for this, okay? There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish. Somebody say Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abiel, son of Zeroy son of Baccarat, son of Apiah of the tribe of Benjamin. So I don't even, you know, deal with names. So if I said it wrong, don't, you know, we moving on. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. And one day Kish's donkey straight away. Somebody said the donkeys just left the scene, right? They straight away. And he told Saul, listen, take a servant with you and go look for them donkeys. So Saul took one of the servants, traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, the land of Shalisha, the Shalim area, and the entire land of Benjamin, but they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. Finally, they entered the region of Zoph and Saul said to his servant, let's go home. By now, my father will be more worried about us than about the donkeys. But the servant said, I've just thought of something. I want y'all to make a pen note right there. I've just thought of something. I have a new thought of something. Okay. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. He is held in high regard and high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go, but we don't have anything to offer him. Saul said, but even our food is gone and we don't have a thing to give him. Well, the servant said, I have one piece, one small silver piece. We can at least offer to the man of God and see what happens. In those days, if people wanted a message from God, they would say, let's go and ask the seer for prophets used to be called seers, okay? All right, Saul said, let's try it. So they started into the town where the man of God lived. As they were climbing the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. So Saul and his servant asked, is the seer here today? Yes, they replied, stay here on the road. He is in the town gates. He has just arrived to take part in a public sacrifice up at the place of worship. Hurry and catch him before he goes up there to eat. The guests won't begin eating until he arrives to bless the food. So they entered the town and as they passed through the gate, Samuel, the prophet, the seer, was coming out toward them to go up to the place of worship. Verse 15, now the Lord had told Samuel yesterday. Somebody say yesterday. The Lord had told Samuel the previous day about this time tomorrow, I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him to be the leader of my people. He will rescue them from the Philistines for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. So here's a biblical bombshell. God is always a step ahead of you preparing the way for you to reach your assignment. Them donkeys must've been triggered by something supernatural to be just straying away. That's going to prompt Kish, his father to say, listen, Saul, Take a servant with you and go find them donkeys. And then all of a sudden, the servant has a thought about something. You know what, let's go see Samuel. Saul said, we ain't got no money, we ain't got nothing. He said, oh, I got this last small piece of silver. Like you all of a sudden got provision so that you can appear because your gift makes room for you. So I can appear before this man of God. And then when they get there, right? Then the story reveals that God had talked to Samuel yesterday. God is always a step ahead of you when it pertains to your assignment, right? I want to move and reference Esther for a minute. In Esther chapter one, all of a sudden you see this removal of Queen Vashti. This is in the time of King Xerxes or King Ahasuerus in another version, right? All of a sudden you see this removal of Vashti. What looks like on the outside is a simple act of her disobeying her king is really a divine removal so the position can become vacant for Esther. If you've read Esther, put a hand emoji in the chat. Because we looked at Vashti like, oh my God, like what she do? But all she did was move out of the way for the assignment to get in place. It's a divine removal. And Elijah... In 1 Kings 17, you see that right at the moment that the brook dries up and the raven was no more to be found, God instructs Elijah to go to Zarephath because he has prepared a widow there to serve him. Now, if you know the story, the widow don't even know the man coming. The woman don't even have enough resources to really prepare for this man. Why? Because it's all by design. Somebody say it's all by design. It's all by design. It's all by design. Every assignment of God is for the deliverance of his people. And because his people are a special possession, every assignment requires a special person. You are a special person and you have a special assignment. You have a special people. Your assignment, you will know what your, assi- your assignment is not to go in business, that is a vehicle. To be used to get you in front of the people that you are called to paul okay in the oh in the new testament he was a tent maker and he was able to go in hostile regions not as an apostle of jesus christ you know we like to wear our title. i'm an apostle okay well some people ain't going to receive you because they don't understand that. okay some things that we do as christians is foolishness to the world <laughs> So God has to strategically place you using your vocation. So while you're sitting up there trying to get off your job, right? God puts you on the job because there is a certain people that he's trying to get you to speak a word to so that their life can now be forever changed. But as long as you devalue your job, you will devalue the assignment. Somebody say it's all by design. Okay, verse 17. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. The Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. Just then Saul approached Samuel, the gateway, and asked, can you please tell me where the seer's house is? And Samuel said, I am the seer. <laughs> Go up to the place of worship ahead of me. We will eat there together, and in the morning, I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. In verse 20, and don't worry about those donkeys they were lost three days ago for they have been found and i am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all israel's hopes first of all saul ain't telling me nothing about no donkeys he ain't even tell them that they was there for the donkeys Them donkeys, well, the your situation or those donkeys are the, are the very vehicles that lead you to assignment. So do not discount situations. They're leading you somewhere. <laughs> They're leading you somewhere. Saul replied, but I'm only, here we go. But I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. And my family is the least important. Here we go. The least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Defending his insecurities. Will you bring that up? Saul is a man of God. Saul said you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes, period. Why are you telling me? Like if I wanted to be, if some if I told somebody something about the spirit of God and then they retract that, sometimes I really want to say, and what you telling me for, what does that have to do with anything concerning what God has just said, right? So we defend our brokenness and our insecurities. He said, I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin. What, like, what does that mean? <laughs> the smallest tribe in Israel, like God ain't considered it. <laughs> and my family is the least important of all the families in that tribe. So not only is my tribe small, but then we ain't even thought about in the tribe. Why you de- Why you discount that moment? Defending your insecurity. Verse 22, because that's heavy. Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honoring them above the 30 special guests. Now you're getting honored above everybody else. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat, the piece that had been set aside for the guest of honor. Oh, so the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Saul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel. I was saving it for you even before I invited these others. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Now I know teacher Sherelle, Christelle and Lakeisha know where I'm going with this. All right, because we just talked about it yesterday. So here's a biblical bombshell. A divine assignment will always open up favorable situations. See, you know, we say in church culture, not kingdom, in church culture, we say favor ain't fair. OK, when you say that to a non-believer, it sounds like that you got faith, you know, that God favors you and God ain't favoring them. OK, that's a no, no, because favor only exists because of the assignment, not because you great. <laughs> Y'all see that. I need you to get humble now because a lot of us feel like that the door open for me, honey, because favor ain't fair. No, the door open because God has an assignment. It was predestined, boo. (laughs) And so you get other people when you say favor ain't fair. You got other people trying to get your assignment and get your favor, but they have their own. So now their whole focus is off. So that whole message that we say out of our spirit, right out of our soul. It's not from my spirit, it's for my soul. Favor ain't fair. And we flaunt it like it is a like it's a trophy or something, like it's a badge of that. We are worth anything, but really it's because of assignment. God did it because it's attached to the assignment, and because you're trying to be attached to your assignment, it's attached to you. So a divine assignment will always open up favorable situations, and God will always listen to this. In every assignment, before you enter into any assignment, God will always expose you to a different diet. A different diet. You're gonna start saying reoccurring themes, right? There's some reoccurring themes that's in the Bible. You will always hear about bread, meat, and wine. And I had to look this up. What does this mean, right? What does this mean? Whenever the Bible talks about meat, you can reference Hebrews 5.12, Right? But when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Basically, somebody got to teach you again because you rather stay on milk instead of actually eating strong meat. Right. Malachi 3 and 10 clearly says bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Right. We know that Jesus is God manifest in flesh. And when you think about meat, you think about flesh. Right, and Jesus completes and wraps up the entirety of the Bible, right? And so, meat represents that it's a deeper, more complete teaching of God's word. So, meat represents an increase in spiritual maturity in the things of God. That's what meat stands for. When you talk about bread, bread you normally see it as breaking bread, right? Which means fellowship. You also can reference John 6. 41 through 51, where it talks about the whole communion experience with Jesus. And he said, he will live forever. He says, I am the living bread, which come down from heaven. He also says, I am the bread of life. (laughs) So when you talk about bread, when you actually look at the the arena or the sphere of where they are talking, it's talking about fellowship. So bread is the increase of fellowship with the father, right? And then when you talk about wine, wine represents, right? Matthew 26, it talks about, it's it's talked about inside of the communion. Jesus is telling us to drink all of it, for this is the blood of my covenant salvation. But the promise of his spirit is what? The receiving or the seal upon us for the day of redemption of the Holy Spirit. So wine represents the Holy Spirit of the presence. So now you see bread, wine, and meat, right? Now, we just saw that he exposed him to a different diet. Samuel said, I prepared this for you, right? Before you even got here. But let's talk about Esther for a minute because I'm giving you parallels. Why are we dealing with the, all three stories? Because there's a pattern of God. <laughs> so Esther 2, 8 through 9, it says, as a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other women, was brought to the to the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care who was a that was... Assigned to care for, you know, for the women, because the king had put an issue or decree out because he had deposed or dethroned Queen Vashti. He now is looking for another wife, and so they basically put out a, you know, a, 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 a decree and said, "Listen, bring all the young virgins." And so now they're under the care of these eunuchs. One of them being Haggai. OK, Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered what? A special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. When you look at Elijah in First Kings 17, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So all you see is that when you're about to enter into assignment, there's a special diet that happens. God is increasing. I and mean, you know that even though it's natural, it's spiritual, too. God will increase your spiritual diet. He will cause you to have to eat differently or to amp up your appetite or your meal or your eating session so you can be fully equipped. We just said that every scripture is God breathed <laughs> so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Won't that, Second Timothy? So God will expose you to a different diet. First Samuel nine, verse 25, let's continue. When they came down from the place of worship and returned to town, Samuel took Saul up to the roof of the house and prepared a bed for him there. At daybreak the next morning, Samuel called to Saul, get up, it's time, you were on your way. So Saul got ready and he and Samuel left the house together. When they reached the edge of town, Samuel said to Saul to send his servant on ahead." After the servant was gone, Samuel said, now stay here for I have received a special message for you from God. Right. right, let's move to first Samuel 10 right? Verse 10, then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Samuel's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the what? Ruler over Israel, his special possession. Israel, the people of God is his special possession. And he told him above, you are a special person. You are a special family. Here's a biblical bombshell. Every assignment of God is for the deliverance of his people. And because his people are a special possession, every assignment requires a special person. I told you, I had to to bring you back to this moment. So repeat after me, I am a special possession and I have a special assignment and I am that special person. (laughs) I'm a special possession. I have a special assignment. I am that special person, okay? Verse two, when you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. He is asking, have you seen my son? When you get to the Oak of Tabor, you will see three men coming toward you who are on their way to worship God at Bethel. One will be bringing three young goats. Another will have three loaves of bread and the third will be carrying a wine skin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves which you are to accept. You know the word. You know the number three means complete harmony, new life, and completeness, right? But they're giving them three loaves and three goats, and you see this meat, this bread, and this wine happening. Before you enter the fullness of an assignment, there will always be people who will give you preparations. They are the open door to ac- to access things you did not have yourself. So if you treat people wrong, you might be messing up your door. You might be messing up your door. You might be like, as we say, burning the bridge. Then when you reference Esther, not only did they give her a special menu provided her with beauty treatments, he also assigned her seven maids specifically chosen from the King's palace. And he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Assignment does require you to start, have what you like to call favor, but it's just open doors of access because of the assignment on your life. Esther must have had a divine grace about her because divine favor opens doors. Favor has nothing to do with being God's favorite. Favor is the door that was gonna open for you anyway. And usually when the divine door opens, it is people who God uses to open the door. And it is only open because you are ready because access requires process. Esther's eunuch was impressed, ordered a special menu, surrounded her with seven maids to send to her. She was already getting a measure of the next life level that she is to live in. The widow for Elijah made Elijah a cake. And in turn, she received a more than enough blessing. So this widow was giving him provision in his transition. Y'all see that? And as you continue to read Samuel in 1 Samuel 10, you will see that he is telling him, listen, you're going to run into a school of prophets who will be worshiping God. And when you go in the midst of them, the Spirit of God will be upon you. This is almost the immersion of the, in the baptism of being um, um, in the fire of the Holy Spirit. You know how we get that experience with the evidence of speaking in tongues? That's kind of similar, but it's Old Testament. So they're playing the harp and a tambourine, a flute and a lyre and they prophesying. And at that time, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. That's what the Bible says in first Samuel 10. If you read five through 11, this is where I'm talking about. He says, so now go down to Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you. And all of that good stuff. And guess what? When Saul and his servant arrived, they saw a group of prophets coming toward them. And the spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul. And he too began to prophesy. When those who knew Saul heard about it, they exclaimed, what? Is even Saul a prophet? How did the son of Kish become a prophet? So now as you walk in your assignment, you are a new person, you a new level. God gave you a new diet. You got new provision. Everything becoming new. And you got folk around you talking about Oh, no, nah, that ain't Tasha. Nah, that can't possibly be Sherelle. From where? Nah, that can't possibly be name From where? Uh-uh. That can't happen. Who? What that can't be Christy. But the devil is a liar. If you brand new, stay brand new. Do not reduce your brand newness back to peasant status when God is elevating you to reign. You are an eagle supposed to fly. Ain't no need to be dwelling with chickens, right. Do you see the pattern of God here? God orchestrates your life to get you to assignment. Sometimes what looks like a deviation is a design destination, right? God spoke into Samuel three days prior to Saul's arrival. God is speaking to people right now to give you what you need to fulfill your assignment. He is always a step ahead of you. All you have to do is open your eyes to see and trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. When Saul met Samuel, God confirmed it with the man of God that the focus was not about the donkeys, but about him and his family, which was all of Israel's hopes. You, God has a people who has a hope inside of them. Like, I just hope somebody would just give me wisdom about finances. And here comes teacher Devon Jones on the scene. I just need somebody to give me hope because I don't know if I'm going to die in the bed with COVID. And here comes teacher Devon, who is a nurse in the hospital. Here he comes with this hope in him that gives me hope. And now I live. Now I know that there's a God who heals. Right. Teacher Sherelle talks about how she was working in a uh, uh, off of Jeff Davis Avenue and her purpose was that her her assignment at that time was there. And now these people remember her forever. She's changed their life by the presence that she carries. Right. God was saying that the very thing that may seem important to you now, the very thing that you are seeking to find, like these stray donkeys. So a lot of us have stray donkeys in our life, but it only leads you to me, says God. It only leads you to me. So don't discount it. It is leading you to me. And once you meet me, you will kiss destiny. You will kiss assignment, which will change your life. And if you don't show up to play a bigger game of fulfilling your assignment, you will make your entire bloodline problematic. Did y'all hear me? Because this is about a bloodline. This is about a generation that is after you. Israel's hope was for a Messiah and Saul was the bloodline. The entire Bible from Adam to Jesus is highlighting God's working timeline and his demonstrative plan of love for mankind. You are a part of this plan, even though we're post Jesus. It was never about the donkeys. Whatever you're dealing with right now, it might not be really about that. It's just a vehicle to direct you to the Kairos moment with God. It's an opportune moment with God. That's what Kairos means. While you're trying to wait for God to show up at 1159, God said, until all conditions are favorable, you will know that it's me and you will have your Kairos moment with me. You are designed to do a specific thing and every day of your life is constructed and orchestrated to reach a pivotal moment that will change your life. You have to stay focused on what is at hand and what's important. And if you don't know what that assignment is yet, you need to continue walking with God until it's revealed because maybe you're hidden in a cave and it ain't time yet. And then also note that your assignment has nothing to do with your background and what tribe you come from or what race you from, right? Cause we'll say that I know I'm black and they trying to hold me down. No boo, God has the heart of the Kings in his hand and he turns it any way he wished. God is more powerful than the men that you think that's holding you back because of the color of your skin. The devil is a liar, right? Do you (laughs) be with God? Do what he say. Be kind to people because you never know that they may be your open door to access. Saul ran right into his destiny, ran right into where he needed to be. And when assignment is in action, so is provision. You will have four resources that will show up. Spiritual resources will release the other three. But spiritual resources is that special diet I was talking about. God will release human resources all of a sudden when you're you're in your assignment. And those uh, 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 financial resources is definitely all about the wealth that you need to attain and to maintain your assignment. Angelic resources the military that backs up the word of God and makes sure that it come to pass. So you got human resources, the people who open the door for you, financial resources, the stuff that would just show up so you can maintain your assignment. You got spiritual resources, human resources. Did I say all the resources? <laughs> you are a special possession. You have special gifts. You have a special call. You have a specific assignment. Your gifts are what you use. Your call is what you answer to, which is the rain. And your assignment is what you live out. God is forming a future for you right now. Because in God's realm, all he has is right now. In his realm, there is no tomorrow or yesterday. No, everything God does is for today. God never sleeps. He is always a step ahead of you. In the eternal realm, all God has is today. <laughs> Your assignment was not determined before you were born. It was determined before you were formed. <laughs> it was an idea in God's mind. He saw, he foresaw that in this time, we're going to have this issue. I'm going to formulate her. She'll be born right here. She's going to think she'll mistake because the parents didn't know she was coming. But it's a great opportunity to bring her own in. Life gets no better for the man who has not discovered what his assignment is. And the type of seed you are determines the intent of God and the fruit you bear and the right soil you should be in. You can't just be at any church. What? You need to be in a place that activates you. And teaches you the word of God. If you are just in a ministry that teaches the word of God, but they are not activating and casting vision in your life. All you are doing is getting set with the word, but you're not pouring out. You got to have both. So you need to watch what ministry you in. That's probably why some of you feel stuck. The most dangerous person in the world is the one who realizes who they are, why they are and how they are supposed to reign. You will know when you walk into a true dominion or a true assignment because it will manifest fruitfulness and multiplication. If that blessed your life, I just need you to say this has blessed me. But I don't need you to just say this and then you walk away from this broadcast and you still the same person. You have to strategically think about what you're going to do differently in your life to allow this to become your life. What What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm talking to your spirit. What are you going to do? I'm talking to your soul. What are you going to do differently that will make tomorrow give and yield a different result for you? That's what this weight loss moment is doing for me. It's making me do something different, right? I'm craving the result, I love the result I'm getting. And it was, and the reason that weight loss is hard is because we still struggle with the two kingdoms in our our soul. (laughs) We still wanna serve the God of our belly. Like, let's be honest. Like, let's just talk about it, right? We still wanna serve the God of our belly. And then over here is actual God who says, choose life, right? Long enough for the assignment, right? And so it's a struggle because you really still crave over here (laughs) and you want this too. But see, God says, I desire that you be hot or cold. That means you need to make a decision, right? And I looked in the mirror and said, how long are you gonna like that? How long, are you, gonna light, how long are you gonna do this? You can't not like something and then still do the very things that continue to fuel your dislike. <laughs> I mean, that's a real moment for me. And I said, how long am I gonna do this? Because if I decide today that I'm just gonna continue this way, then I need to go ahead and know that the truth of the matter is that the wages of this thing is gonna be an early death. It's a real moment for me. And that goes with everything in life. How long are you gonna be in this abusive relationship before you realize that you're worth more than this? How long are you gonna keep sleeping with men knowing that you have a greater moment upon your life? and But you settle in for just, who? Folk that ain't got no vision? If they had a vision, they won't be focused on trying to please flesh because they know who they are and they got their assignment. And they're looking for someone who can match that energy. Right? I'm not going to accept any job just because I'm chasing money when I know that if I show up on assignment, money will show up. Because I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. It's a tragedy to be the the right train on the wrong track going the wrong way. Or the right train on the wrong track ended up at the wrong destination, pouring out cargo that don't even belong there, right? No, everything is strategic to God. Everywhere he places you is strategic and your gifts should be manifesting. If your gifts are not manifesting, it's not the environment. You'll fish out of water and you will die in that place if you don't get back into the water, whether it's fresh water or salt water, but you will fish You ever watch the fish come out of water and it suffocates, right? There is a period where, I mean, he's gasping for whatever, right? He's gasping for H2O. But when you come back in the water, he thrives, right? If you want to thrive, you need to get in the right environment. That includes not only the spiritual environment of having a special diet with God, but it also means the environment with people. That's why you do not forsake yourself assembling yourselves together right? You know, there's people, there's a, a whole thing going on with church culture. I don't need no church. All right, then let's see how that work out for your life. Because God gives pastors that are after his own heart that will teach you and feed you with knowledge and understanding. So as God casts vision, we're able to say, you ever thought about this? We might not come straight on and say, I hear the word of the Lord saying, so you're looking for that. No, if we literally are like, you ever thought about this for your life? You ever thought about this? You ever thought about this type of job? You ever thought about this? We're casting vision, but here's the thing, you got to accept it. We're not going to force it on you. And we shouldn't have to say the Lord say it. You should be in a place where you can discern the move of God. <laughs> uh, whew, I, didn't, I didn't just gave out a whole lot. So listen, scrolling. If you got any prayer requests, post them in the chat now, or you're going to email us and then we'll make sure that we pray for you. But now let me tell you this disclaimer, because you know, I'm real with you. If you asking us for prayer, that means you're signing up for the process to bring that thing to pass, especially if it's according to the word of God. Don't send no prayer requests. Now, if it's about somebody else, got you. But if it's about you, (laughs) I gotta be real with you. Cause we, I want people to get results in life and no, I'm not praying. If you ain't in agreement, we gotta be in agreement. So are you ready for what you asking for? Is it God's will for you? I'm with you. If it ain't God's will for you, I ain't with you. And if you ain't signing up for the process then my prayer is in vain. Now, if it's for the salvation of a loved one, I got you. We can drive back darkness so they can get clarity in their mind so that they can go ahead and receive from God. Other than that, prayers are not effective until you sign up completely for the process. I got you, Christy. I will definitely pray for you and your family. It's all by design. Somebody say it's all by design. So at the bottom, listen, we had a lot of things that has happened with Transform City Church. Our new website is live. Oh, my God. I have been working on that project for so long. Um, But it is it is immaculate. Like I am blown by just the excellence of it, it is not of my own. OK, I'm telling you, it's the Holy Spirit that works in me to be able to brand. And so um. I was able to bless my church, you know, with this whole project. And there's so many things from behind the scenes just to be able to receive the multitude and to be able to c- cultivate and enhance the environment that the people of God is in. And so we have a couple of ways that you can connect with us. Right. So you can go to the site um, and you can, you know, join the text club and you can get on our email list, join one of the communities. You can also join our actual main Facebook group, which is called TCC Nation. Um and you can also give, you can also join TCC officially. Okay. Now at the bottom, you will see the scroll that says how you can give. Now you have to give at www.transformcity.com. You cannot go to today anymore. Right. I password protected it. I blocked it. So you have to go to www.transformcity.com. If you have, you're going to have to set up a new store account or giving account right if you like to log in and your stuff is already there so i'm letting you know if you want to join tcc nation whether you want to be just an on-site member that you frequently come on site or whether if you don't live nowhere near richmond virginia and you like listen i love this environment how can i connect you can still join as a virtual member officially it's a thing right either way you need to go to transformcity.com backslash join but it's all on our new website i'm so excited I'm so excited. We love you, Daphne. I see you. Um, We have a lot of announcements that's coming up right behind this. Um, So do not log off yet, because I'm telling you. um, I feel like we're a Marvel movie. You know how at the end of the credits and stuff, there's like always this this other scene. Do not miss the next scene. (laughs) But for those who are tithing, you know how to actually give... um, you know, with the categories and different things. If you have problems with giving, just give via Cash App. We still have our Cash App open, TTI Church, dollar sign TTI Church. That's gonna be changing soon once everything really comes um, into full fruition behind the scenes. And I will let you know ahead of time because we will be using an app, but it won't be the Cash App. <laughs> but you can use it for now at TTI Church. Um, And so, yeah, do not give in obligation. Always give uh, because you have a merry heart and you want to give. So if you got a problem with giving, you better hold your stuff because God don't want it like that. okay? Um, so yeah. And we don't either because you're not affecting us if you don't give because God will always take care of TCC. Even if everybody in here stopped giving, God has taken care of TCC for the first three years when we didn't have nobody. So I'm convinced that I know that this is the um, assignment of God and that he will fund it because God only funds his agenda. So, yeah. But we love you. We thank you in advance for your giving. I think this is third Sunday. Um, I don't know if this is a particular Sunday. So, yeah, just give to any category you want. Missions, um, building, pastoral, general offering, whatever you want to do. If you use Cash App, you need to actually put in the comments. You need to actually designate what what you wanted to go to. Okay. But we love you with the love of the Lord. Definitely wait for these announcements. (laughs) you <laughs>